0: Good evening at 6 p.m. It's Saturday, August the 22nd. It, the year is 2020.
1: <laughs>
0: I just figured I could say it's 2020. Yeah, prior. well. Yeah. It is 2020. I hope so. I think so. I, I truly hope it, so. It really needs to go to a fucking end. It's been a bit of funky year. Anyhow, <laughs> you know what that is. So here, here's show number 140 coming your way. It's the good
1: and the bad. Yeah. <laughs> C'était vraisemblable que tous les faux semblants De la farce humanitaire aboutiraient au néant C'est une boule à facettes, comme dans les discothèques Ça reflète à la lumière et sans elle pff, du vent J'aime les images fortes car je suis comme toi Le poids des mots et le choc des photos hey, yo, it's time to get up Time to change the world cause I'm better We're gonna expose the wrong that's been going on There's people dying in the streets still In every city, lots of kids they beat ill I live in Brooklyn, got boys all over Been around the world and you know that I know the Good, oh. bad Le bien, le le L'homme qui prend le microphone se nomme Solar, maître de la de la compagnie de comparses de star À Paris, en France, comme dans la Rome antique. Imite le mètre, mâcle le mètre, quand je t'attaque ce limiter le mètre Qui millimètre après millimètre, jet l'inflecte à des kilomètres It's your town, guru Crazy madness, it's
0: all I see out my window It doesn't matter who's the president, yo I hate to tell ya but slavery is still in effect Haven't be checked? Us black folks, me ain't free yet I make a bet, if we don't let the truth out huh? Evil will win without a doubt And it's, not good. it's not the good, the bad,
1: le mien le bad
0: And good evening uh, welcome to the show. This is the 140th show. I am your host, Gummo. I'm Crash. And together we have a little podcast that we bring to you once a week. Or, no, that we weren't here last week. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like uh, a bi-weekly thing. It's a weekly slash bi-weekly no, thing. No, man, the show must go on. <laughs> we've got to, we've got uh, to be a, here every week. It's a weekly thing. What happened last weekend? Well, um, there was just a... Uh, you know, it, I think it was a, a whole cacophony of failures from the top down, and uh, so what happened was uh, we we were actually ready to uh, actually sit down and do the the show, but uh, it the 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 stream was it uh, working out well to our host providers in Europe, and so. We weren't uh, able to do uh, the show, so kind uh, of, kind of, kind of sucked. But uh, here yeah. we are; we're, we're back. <laughs> it's good to be back. Yeah, it's good to be back. It's always good to be back. You know, it's those connection issues. It's the internet, man. You know, that's whole internet thing. You know, it's I heard that thing's a fad. Anyhow, no, my mom should have bought me an Atari fifty two hundred instead. How are you doing, man? I'm good. I'm yeah? good. Yeah, straight. Yeah.
2: yeah. Well, how's life treating you? Pretty good, man. Just been working a lot. Programming, doing a whole bunch of writing and whatnot. Oh, yeah? Yeah, man. Yeah. Pretty good.
0: Good, good,
2: good. Yeah, I don't really have a whole lot to to, to talk about, you know, personal level or, or not even really.
0: Uh, yeah. You know, well, yeah. Whatever. Okay. Cool. <laughs> Just checking in with you, man. You know, it's yeah. it's been what uh, two weeks? It, two weeks. It's it's been a while. Yeah, it has, man. You know, well, I tell you what, it was a busy, busy week uh, last week for me. You know, uh, I and I was really disappointed that we we could not get the show off the ground, but we are, nevertheless, and, uh, and uh, I'm really happy to uh, to be here and to be talking to everyone uh, again. Uh, w- you know, we, we got a uh, we got a lot of feedback on uh, the, the the last show, and uh, it was it was pretty amazing. Uh, yeah, uh, what, what do you, so What did you guys think about that? The dark web in real life. Uh, I'm sure that was a lo- eye opener. And, uh you know the ticket for what it's worth you know that that is how it is on the streets man yeah it was an interesting take um, yeah yeah what was your what was your most interesting part from all of that um I, I liked it when he was just checking stuff out. Yeah, just checking shit out.
2: Yeah, he was just checking <laughs> shit out. I mean, I just check shit out all the time. Yeah, it's just like <laughs> he was going around. You could you see he went to Portillo's and yeah. you could see where they have the money out and stuff. And and he's right. A lot of those companies they they have a lot of cash. Oh, and, yeah. on hand and yeah. and things like that. And and I've mean, had that Portillo's. Oh, oh,
0: have you? Yeah, yeah. It yeah, was a good. That's a good Portillo's, man. Mm. Jesus Christ. Yeah, uh, you know. It, it, I've it, never it, actually had Portillo's. You have had Portillos, haven't you, or not? I've never had. Portillo's. Oh my god! Yeah. And you lived in Chicago. What
2: happened? I, I just Jesus. never, never went out to Portillos, man. Never had a reason. Never, never went on a date to Portillos or anything.
0: So I, I'm at a loss. All right, so there it is, ladies. We we need to get uh, Crash on a date here in Florida oh, oh, somewhere. God. Uh, so any other takes on the uh, on, on the uh, on the previous show, or it, was that your most uh, interesting part? Him just checking shit out. Uh, I mean,
2: <laughs> I mean it, it was interesting how he was um, describing all of the the tactics and stuff, all all the yeah. stuff that uh, he uses. Like how when he went to the, the market and he. Yeah, uh, unscrewed that the window and stuff. Oh yeah, and and, and what what did he put? He put temporary screws. Put in temporary
0: there. screws in yeah. the back door. Yeah, and when he was on the phone, he's like, "Hey, I'm Chewy. Hey, Chewy, man. Oh, yeah, the dis- <laughs> the
2: distraction before yeah. he slipped in through the
0: door exactly. to get in. Yeah, yeah.
2: That, It's little things like that. Little social engineering things like that I, that I think were really cool about it. Yeah. Um, Oop. as well as like the the phone tapping.
0: That was that was cool too. Yeah, and you know that that was uh you know i I couldn't agree more man you know I, I like my, my favorite part of it was where he went in uh to the movie theater at the uh at the end of the show uh, oh yeah yeah, yeah yeah and he went through a wall man I mean my god he, he just he didn't go through the door because there were sensors and whatnot on the door
2: yeah some of the some of the things he did was a little were a little bit dramatic.
0: Yeah, over the top.
2: But nonetheless... Effective. They were effective, yeah. Yeah. I mean so it's...
0: Exceedingly effective. But was it worth it? (laughs) I don't know, folks. You be the judge of that. Right. We can't endorse shit like that. But uh, if you're wondering what we're talking about, go uh, dial back one episode and check out uh, show number 139, Dark Web IRL, and uh, check it out. <laughs> we were we were really uh, we were really pleased to. Um, yeah, it was quite the adventure. It was indeed the adventure. Well, you know, so yeah, as I said, it was a, it was quite a busy week last week. There was all kinds of funky things happening, man. I went to the doctor finally. Oh yeah, yeah. Here, here in Florida, I went to the doctor. What did know. they say? Basically, uh, so I had this little pain right in my my uh, upper abdomen, and. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the Excuse do- me <laughs> So the doctor checked me out And uh, she's like uh, She's like listen uh, Dude you've, you've got to start moving And exercising more And so I'm like really I, I, You know I exercise or run and walk and blah 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 She's like mm-hmm. but you're not exercising that part uh, Oh so it's atrophy Yeah so it's muscular atrophy Oh <laughs> So I'm like are you fucking kidding So I never realized Yeah so I spent the week right doing mm-hmm. sit-ups and pull-ups crunches and all that yeah stuff. man yeah. and the pain started to go away so i'm like oh, well oh, that you makes know, sense but you know i'll <laughs> tell you at, at you sitting around for a few months man during you know the greatest freaking freak out and and you know ever kind of you know kind of does that to <laughs> you you know you who the yeah. hell is one to exercise when you're just trying to survive? There was right? a ton of people, you know, like
2: people in Jesus. New York. They were they were going to the rooftops and stuff. They were doing their fitness yeah. and their yoga, their meditations and all that. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, there, there's people that found out how to get that exercise in. I, I think um, some of your neighbors um, might have found that as well because I remember um, – you know, checking that out, riding around one day. Yeah,
0: yeah. So, yeah. I mean, you know, and I, I, I thought I was exercising everything, but you know, I, I stepped up my game and yeah. and now I'm uh I, I'm running twelve miles every morning, man. So it's feeling good. Uh running twelve yeah. miles, uh doing the uh, you know, I did listen, man, I'm I'm getting I'm getting there. I did fifty pull ups wow this morning. Fifty. 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 It's an improvement. God What what yeah. was your record last time? Like Two? <laughs> Maybe four. Oh. So, you know, I'm, I'm feeling like, you know, I'm getting there. So, you know, I still have some still have some mountains to climb, but I'm, I'm feeling better. Yeah. And so did the whole doctor thing. And what else? What else happened? All kinds of stuff happened, man. I mean, it's unbelievable what happened last week. You know what happened last week? What? A lot of things happened last week yeah Mm. all kinds of things you know and you know i I used to back in the day we would I, i would pick a topic or two and and go into detail but now there are so many things going on in the world i mean how in the hell can you spend any amount of time on anything so i was kind of um you know i was kind of doing some thinking about uh you know back in the day i used to watch jay leno late at night oh okay and he used yeah. to have this little segment, and he would do, like, headlines. I thought it was so yeah. interesting. Just headlines? Just headlines. Uh, oh. Okay. Yeah, and so I'm thinking about something like that for our our, our, our podcast here, man, just headlines, because, you know, we can drop headlines and keep going, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we can give it a shot. Okay, well, I mean, let's give it a shot. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, uh, here we go with headlines. Uh, you know, the first headline of, should we run, like, a theme song, like a little? I mean, yeah, we, we could do that here. Let's give it a little pause. All right. Great, man. All right, here we go uh, with headlines uh, this week. Hackers leak alleged internal files of Chinese social media monitoring firms. I don't know what that means. I mean, it seems. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, the well, world's <laughs> largest cruise line. Wait a minute. The world's largest cruise line operator was hit by a cyber attack. Well, that's not good. Yeah, thank God no one's on. <laughs> <laughs> thank no one. Thank God no one is on. Uh, on a, is on a cruise. Yeah. Uh, hi, I'm a senior cybersecurity scientist and wanted to email you that during my routine scans today, my system found your site and I. That's that's me emailing some nice person about their insecure <laughs> network out of the blue. Of Anyhow, the blue. I signed it. Uh, yes, there are nice people in the world, and this was my good deed for the day kudos uh, yeah man you know i always find some unlucky company in my block scans right and so mm-hmm. what was that the uh, on the 18th i just reached out i didn't know who to contact so i just emailed the ceo like hey I think that's
2: as good as anybody <laughs> to eat. Yeah,
0: your shit's insecure. Yeah. Uh, let's see. The next headline: <laughs> national. Uh, the was na- that National Bank or National Trust joins the victims of the Blackbaud hack. Ooh. What is the Blackbaud hack? I personally don't know.
2: I don't know either. I should be a little bit more informed about that. I guess. I got me too. What is is it
0: like Zero Day?
2: Is it a malware? I mean, I wonder.
0: I like the name Blackbaud. That is pretty badass. It takes me back to the my old freaking
2: days. Yeah, maybe
0: it's someone old school that wrote something modern. Sounds like an old school hacker doing that shit. Yeah. Anyhow, the next headline. Uh inside China Tech, US hackers responsible for more than half of all foreign cyber attacks in China. Really? Uh, who would have thought that? <laughs> uh the united states uh hatches plans to build a quantum internet that might be unhackable
2: yeah that um that seems fairly plausible considering some of the technologies that go into quantum computing you know it's like uh, the observation effect and all that kind of deal right
0: um so I can it'll kind of see that. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I, I could see. I could see. The, you know, a lot of good benefits coming from that. Oh yeah. A lot of good benefits.
2: It, it, maybe it'll make uh, sharing information a lot more secure.
0: So we think, right? So Let's not think. get too hyped up on how secure shit's going to be when we don't even see it well, yet. Well, I mean, just
2: you know, think of the think of the possibilities right. for the for the databases that we can make.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, and think of the possibilities of other quantum computers attacking those quantum computers. Ah, that's yeah, right. True. You know, hey, the the pendulum swings both ways, my friend. Mm. Yeah. Hey, listen, uh, Amazon launched uh bracket quantum computing service in general availability fun so basically i don't know what the hell that means but something about you can use amazon no seriously uh amazon has um you can simulate a quantum computer with Amazon, and if it like merits any further additional research, they will actually lease you time on their D Wave systems. Oh wow! So I
2: mean, because IBM and, and I think Microsoft already has things like that. Mm-hmm. That I IBM has Watson, and then uh, Microsoft, I believe, has uh, their what, what was it? Their just their quantum. I don't know what what Microsoft's D,
0: um, system is, but. I know D-Wave has a couple quantum uh, prototypes up and running, and yeah. you know that's uh, that's that's what's interesting, I- interesting, and, and that interests me the most. Uh, <laughs> I'm not. I want to. I want to say more, but I can't. I told a few people about. I think we should save that for another yeah, show. Yeah, we'll, we'll do that. Uh, how to bypass PowerShell execution policy to own Windows? To own Windows. What does that mean? To own it. To, you know, root it. I don't. I don't care. Who cares about that? If you can oh. if you cannot hack a Windows computer without with text uh, with a text <laughs> editor or something, you suck. <laughs> without a
2: text editor, uh, so, so you're saying that if you can't write code in a text editor with well, zero, no, day. I mean, oh come on, man.
0: No, I'm just kidding. You know, uh, I mean, <laughs> I come know, on, man. I, I mean, I'm just pulling your chain. Yeah, man. I mean, what the hell is? really you, I mean that's the oh, thing well, now right? you, you gotta, gotta go out and learn stuff right you know well, you, you, th- the you, you thing can just is, sit here and pull shit out of your ass you that's know? the
2: thing love. a lot of people will just install things like Metasploit or they'll install like an OS and yeah. then use things like Metasploit with a preloaded payload yeah. and, and, they, and they already have a uh,
0: root access to any IP that they want and, yeah. it
2: really is kind of
0: lame like you said yeah, it, it, yeah and you know listen all this is all this is all old hat shit right everybody's you know scamming and scurrying over cybersecurity and and no one's looking forward, right? Everybody's too busy playing whack-a-mole and putting flames out and and, and fucking around with shit that's really uh, see, that's inconsequential. It, that's yeah. the
2: result of, of the the current infrastructure and how it was designed. Yeah. I mean, oh, it, yeah. it wasn't designed with security in in mind and yeah. that's and
0: that's why there's so much patchwork going on while we're playing whack-a-mole. Yeah, we'll be doing that until we we change formats. I agree. Uh, and, you know, here's no, here's no surprise uh, report. Unskilled hackers can breach about three out of four companies. That should make people feel wonderful.
2: Again, get a preloaded payload or just, just buy a payload for Metasploit, and you can take down any company pretty much.
0: And that's, you know, and, dude, if you remember five years ago on this very podcast, we, we stressed the importance of having a real honest-to-God hacker on your team. Whatever yeah. the hell you're doing.
2: <clears throat> yeah, it's true because a real Jesus. hacker is going to know what's going on in right. that realm. Yep.
0: Oh, well, if you don't. Uh, the revolt <laughs> attack can decrypt 4G LTE calls on eavesdrop to eavesdrop on conversations. That's interesting. So the revolt, uh, it's R-E-V-O-L-T-E attack can decrypt 4G LTE calls to eavesdrop on conversations. Dude, I don't know what to say about that. It's pretty Pretty B.A., dog. (laughs) Pretty (laughs) B.A. Hey, here's something that should trip you out. A uh, (laughs) private equity firm bought Ancestry.com and its (laughs) trove of DNA.
2: Oh, my God. Really?
0: A private equity firm... Bought ancestry and its trove of DNA for four point seven billion dollars so they have all of the samples that they ever took yeah, yeah yeah, so there you go folks uh someone with that you don't even know and you probably didn't know to begin with uh you know when you sent your blood to a website or spit uh, or whatever yeah, right, and all of your information of course, and now you know hey, someone else has it. And I wonder what they're going to do with that data. I don't know, man. Probably sell it again. Who knows? <laughs> it's pretty scary. All right. Uh, last thing, man. AI generated text is the scariest deep fake of it all- of all. AI generated text. You know, so that that is kind of scary, right? To be sitting there and believe that you're uh, reading something that's real, but it's actually not you know and
2: yeah it's it's kind of like images now there's a lot of deep fake images and videos it's it's getting Mm. really crazy because it's it's literally like a black mirror episode man like the 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 line of reality versus virtual reality and, and and truth and untruth and all that shit it's crazy it's getting blurred yeah it's crazy
0: you know, speaking of Black Mirror, I believe that they paused their season this year because, you know, it's one of the very few programs I actually tune into. Right. And um, they this past season, when uh, it was due to be released during the, the height of the, the, the pandemic, I mean, what what do I keep saying? The height or this the initial That's, phase of the pandemic? Yeah. This is the freaking height because we have, here in the United States, we have almost 180,000 people that have passed away. But apparently it's the second wave and this, right. that... All yeah. Of that. Yeah. So Anyhow, anyway. yeah, they said that they said, I, and I didn't mean to cut you off. No, it's yeah. fine, fine. I mean, I'm just, I don't want to forget what I was saying. But yeah. you know, the the Black Mirror folks are like, hey, you know, we're um, we're, n- we're not doing it because it's it, uh, reality sucks worse than what we're we're going to show you. Wow, isn't that crazy? That's pretty depressing, actually. Considering it, is. it, it shows you uh, just how 2020 has scaled out to be. But yeah,
2: so 2020 has been a very
0: um. Interesting, interesting, <laughs> to say
2: the least. Yeah, yeah, and
0: I don't, I don't. You know what? I, I I backtrack. I don't. I can't even. I can't even put a label on this year because there's so many things that have happened. I mean, honestly, uh, if I try to put a label on it, I think I'll, I'm just trying to fool yeah, myself. There's so. no reason
2: to put a label on it.
0: Yeah, and it, it's it's been uh, it's been a, it's been just one hell of a year. That's all I can say. And so, yeah, totally. uh, Hopefully, things will get better soon. Um, hopefully yeah me too, man. I'm hoping uh it's it's crazy, so those were the headlines, and uh yeah, you know, I think it's better to get through you know headlines, i guess like that I don't know but nah. uh with that said, you know folks uh we we there's been a lot of you know there's been a lot of um uh conferences going on you know we, we there there was you know actually there was the um DEF Con conference a few weeks ago. But it, yeah, yeah. I, you know I didn't I didn't understand it right. I didn't know how to log into it, and I mean, and really, you know, I it's. I it, mean, you, you remember when we took took the plane out there a couple years ago? It was like it, yeah, or was it last year? I think it was last year. We jumped on the it was charter, last year, yeah. yeah. It was last year. And so yeah, it was it's just kind of weird. So I, I really didn't have the opportunity to tune into the DEFCON thing this year um uh, you but i did have the opportunity to also check out the hackers on planet earth uh, event because you know i've been i've been going to that since the very first one in the early 90s and so yeah, i remember when we went to one a few years ago oh, oh yeah we've
2: been blast. to many of them yeah you know, like four well, or five i, I mean it was never mind
0: yeah <laughs> so you know uh I was checking that out and I was checking out some of the uh, people who spoke at the event but still, it's not really, you know, listen, I understand that, you know, these organizations need to to pull these things off to make, you know, to generate income, to sustain their business and et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, it, and it was it was it was a great effort I mean I enjoyed I really enjoyed having the talks coming directly from the speaker pre-recorded at both events right you know at the DEF CON and at the at the Hackers on Planet Earth because they usually run back to back you know every two years you know every year, whatever figure it out yourself it, yeah but uh, it, it was nice in that that capacity because you know you didn't have to brave the uh, petrifying heat of uh, either New York or uh, uh, uh Vegas and so that was that was actually kind of nice I really enjoyed mm. uh watching some of the speakers but uh wow <sighs> you know uh you know it's one of those things I guess uh with that said I wanted to I definitely wanted to um bring a talk to to the forefront about uh some of the early things right we just mentioned some of the early things uh and this and when I mentioned early things, it was like the early websites. You have Twitters, you have the the Facebooks, and you have them, you know all of these things. And right, you right, know, right. As, if if it doesn't take a rocket scientist to understand that these services are inherently bad for you, not only mentally and physically, but every and every level, right? Right. And um, and so uh, one 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 clever person, uh, he wrote a worm for his social media company back in the day, and uh, all hell broke loose. I think I know what you're talking about. Well, I think, I'll tell you what. To satisfy your curiosity, <laughs> we're going to go ahead and run this, uh, and I, w- I want you to check it out and listen to this cat because this cat was smart. Fu- and, and not only is he e- e- extensively funny and smart, uh, he is also um, quite serious in some of his um, in, in some of his uh, delivery. And so, I wanted to share uh, this gentleman with everyone this evening, uh, and we'll be back right after he speaks.
3: Now our first speaker of the day. He's one of the best hackers and researchers you could ever found, find. For anybody in security, he's a hero. For us, he's a hero. Sami Kankar is one of our best heroes in hacking, and he kindly agreed to come here to speak to us today. So Sami, floor is yours. <clears throat> Good morning, morning. (laughs) thanks for coming, oh man, when I was 10 years old my mom spent every dollar she had to get me this computer and it was the best day of my life. I immediately went home and realized, mom, can I get the internet? And she said, okay. She had taken me to, uh, to the library before and they had the internet there where she worked. And I had used it a couple of times and it was absolutely, it was absolutely awesome. <clears throat> so I went on the internet. that first day that I had this computer and immediately I typed in, I think as all of us would, the X-Files. And I started looking up the X-Files. And I found websites. I, I found almost a dozen websites about the X-Files. It was absolutely amazing. And then I found a message board where I could actually chat to other people who like the X-Files. There were others like me. And I went have this message board and I'd hit refresh waiting for someone to post back. And I'd hit refresh. I thought, there's got to be a faster way to do this. And then I found something called IRC. Who knows IRC? Okay, good. A lot of nerds here. All right. I'm glad. <laughs> and I downloaded this IRC client and I jumped on. And immediately I jumped onto a channel and I said, hey. Who wants to chat about the X-Files? And someone said, get out. (laughs) I said, what, no, we can chat about something else if you prefer, and he said, you have 10 seconds to get out of this chat room. And I said, okay, random person on the internet, no. (laughs) 10 seconds later, I'm thinking, he doesn't know my name, he doesn't know where I live. Ten seconds later, this happens to my brand new computer. (laughs) And I freak out. I have no idea what just happened. My mom spent every dollar she had to get me something so I had something to do during the summer. And I just destroyed it by not leaving a stupid chat room. (laughs) And I had no idea what to do. I I was uh, terrified. I pulled the power out of the back. And I waited for, like, 30 minutes to let all the bad stuff get out of the computer. <laughs> I thought, okay, 30 minutes is probably good. I need, to, I need to figure out what happened before my mom wakes up. So I plug it back in, and the power comes back up, and everything is okay. And the adrenaline is still rushing through my body, and I thought, that was terrifying, but also, that was the coolest thing ever. <laughs> How can I do that? And I went back into that chat room and was like, How did you do that? <laughs> he wouldn't tell me, but I started researching. I pulled up Lycos and I started searching. And after a few weeks, I found something called WinNuke 95. WinNuke 95 was a denial of service attack tool against Windows 95. And I downloaded it, and all of a sudden, I had the same superpower. Now, I'm not malicious, I don't wanna take machines down, I don't wanna take systems down, but there is something absolutely magical about the ability to take a piece of software, to run something on your computer, to not know another person on the other end, and have some sort of magical control over that system. There's something really intoxicating about that. And Windows, or Microsoft, came out with a patch. They came out with something called Service Pack 2. It was an update to Windows 95 that resolved this denial of service attack. Now, we all know about denial of services, because we hear about DDoSes all the time, right, distributed denial of services, where you have hundreds of, hundreds of thousands of IOT devices and malware uh, and computers that have been taken over and coffee machines all targeting one thing. Back then it was one packet, right, you just sent one packet and boom, the machine goes down. <laughs> so things have changed a little bit. Um, but when Windows 95 Service Pack 2 came out, they fixed it. And all of a sudden, my tool, Winduke 95, written by, uh, by burnt bogus of the den, did not work anymore. I thought, oh man, my magical tool doesn't work anymore. And I thought, well if this person burnt bogus, Mr. Den, if he created this tool, maybe I can create my own. Maybe I can create WinNuke 96. And that's when I started learning about code. You can actually write code to write a program. And I thought, wow, that's really cool. So I started to learn to write code and then I started learning about memory corruption. You can actually mess with the memory in the computer. That was so cool to me. So a few years went by. I started learning some basic programming, some basic denial of service attacks, and basic exploitation. And I spent a lot of time doing really important things like playing Counter-Strike. <laughs> and I remember playing Counter-Strike and, playing, and I remember running Winamp. And if I, if I was in Counter-Strike and I wanted to change the song, I'd have to Alt-Tab out of Counter-Strike, go into Winamp, change the song. By the time I'm back, someone would headshot me. I'd be dead and then my GPU would be all weird, the graphics would be messed up, you guys remember that? Uh, so I thought there's gotta be a better way. And I found that I can actually write a program that would hook into the keys. We didn't have media keys back then, like the, the pause and next button like we do on keyboards today. So I found, okay, I can write software that interfaces with direct X and Direct Input, so I can then take over the keyboard while I'm in the game and if I don't like the song, I can change the song without jumping out of the game. Now I die a little bit less, I still died a lot. I thought, well, if I'm already in the memory, can I do other things, like just make walls invisible? Right, because your computer is drawing everything, so why can't you just control DirectX and make things slightly transparent, add alpha transparency? You know what, I heard someone walking behind me, an attacker, someone on the other team, walking behind me, and their footsteps panned from the right speaker to the left speaker. That must mean there's positional information coming across the internet, from onto my computer, and my computer deciding what to play and where to play it. Can't I just put radar on my screen and show where everyone is? And all of a sudden, I saw everything. I saw where everyone was, and all of a sudden, I wasn't that bad of a player anymore. <laughs> <laughs> of course, it became really, really boring because once you have once you have god mode, it becomes excessively boring. So, Counter-Strike became really lame, and and then something came out called Punkbuster. And they created Punkbuster, which then stopped my cheat program, and I would release it as open source, so anyone can actually download and use it. Um, sorry if I ruined any, any games for anyone back then. And all of a sudden, this game became fun again, because now there are a team of engineers who are working to stop my program from working. So instead of going to high school, I would stay at home and work on my cheat program. <laughs> um, to the point that uh, I wasn't allowed to go back to high school, so I was just sitting at home 15 years old writing cheat software. My mom couldn't really tell me to go, to go do anything because she was at work most of the time. Uh, one day she said I had to go get a job and uh, I started filling out an application at Starbucks. And then someone emailed me and said, hey, I saw your cheat software, do you wanna write software for us? I said, you can make money writing software? Are you serious? It was absolutely it blew my mind. So I moved to San Diego, I was 15 at the time, and I started working at a, at a software company down there. And after a few years, um, I'd come back to, uh, to LA and around that time, this was 2005, there was a website on the internet. It was the number one website at the time, even higher than Google. It was called MySpace. Is anyone familiar with MySpace? Anyone on MySpace? Who's still on MySpace? <laughs> just, just you? Okay. And MySpace was actually a very cool thing. Uh, it was a social network where you could add your friends. You could, like, you could craft a really cool, like, attractive profile. Um, <laughs> do some really cool things on there. And and actually, it was a fun website. You could add your friends, you could upload pictures. And I found that there were some limitations on here. So for example, they only allowed 12 photos. This was right when digital cameras were coming out. And I thought, 12 photos. Imagine if Instagram only let you have 12 photos, or Facebook only had 12 photos. No one would use it. But of course, this was just the beginning of digital cameras, so it made sense. And I thought, I wanted 13 photos. 12 was not enough. (laughs) So I found that it was just client-side restriction. It was actually very easy to upload a 13th photo, and man, that felt good. I thought, what else can I do? I thought, I was in a relationship, and you can choose your relationship status, so whether you're single, married, etc. cetera. And I was in a relationship, but I wanted to say in a hot relationship, <laughs> because you can't do that. And the dropdown was numeric, it was index-based, so I couldn't just upload text. So then I thought, okay, well, if I can run JavaScript on here, maybe I can then change the text of the page, so it's it replaces in a relationship within a hot relationship. And I found there was a way to actually execute JavaScript. Although MySpace's filters block JavaScript, uh, I did find a vulnerability within the filters in conjunction with the vulnerability in the browsers that allowed JavaScript that shouldn't have actually executed. And all of a sudden, I could actually change this to in a hot relationship, a subtle change. I thought, well, if I have JavaScript, can't I just make, can't I do other things on the web page? So now I wrote some code, so when you would visit my profile, if we weren't already friends, you would then add me as a friend. I thought, this is cool. I'm gonna go from 12 to 13 friends. <laughs> it's gonna be awesome. And I was like, this is pretty cool. So I then thought, what else can I do? And it was around that time, it was 2005, that I was using MapQuest. We all remember MapQuest, right? You'd type in an address and you'd go somewhere and then you'd be like, oh, you know, I need to zoom in. So you'd click the Zoom button, Internet Explorer would go click, and then it would refresh, and you say, oh, I zoomed in too much. I need to click out. Click, refresh. And then one day, Google Maps came out. And this was awesome. For one, good for them for not using Flash, right? They, they dodged that bullet a long time ago. But this was awesome. You could just click and drag. It was, it was absolutely magical. It was a magical time on the web. It was, uh, browsers came out with Ajax and Web 2.0 and a, and a host of new features that no one had been using except Google. I thought this was a very cool thing. How can I incorporate this magical feature into my thing, uh, into, into this MySpace stuff I'm messing around with? And I thought, okay, Ajax allows you to do background requests on the web. Well, maybe what I can do is instead of bugging the person having their website change from my profile to adding me as a friend, I can just do that in the background. And I can do other things in the background. For example, if you visit my profile, not only can I make you add me as a friend, but I can make you add me as a hero. So now if you visit my profile, you would add, but most of all, Sammy's my hero, to the bottom of your profile. It wouldn't delete anything, it, wouldn't, it wasn't malicious, you would just add that text. That would, that would be kind of funny. So I thought, oh man, in a week, I'm gonna have like a dozen new friends. <laughs> so a week later I checked and I had no new friends. I thought, okay, I guess I don't have enough people visiting my profile, so what can I do? What can I do to make this spread faster? Well, if you visit my profile and add me as a friend and add me as a hero, can't I just copy the code to your profile? So then if someone visits your profile, they'll add me as a friend and add me as a hero and copy the code to their profile. Then, in a week, I should have at least six new friends. So I thought, yeah, that should work. And then, yeah, it might get to like 50 friends in a month or something and someone might complain and they'll take it off, no big deal. So I released it, sort of updated this code and put it back on my profile. And at night, it was around midnight, I saw someone add me. I was like, awesome, it's already working. And I went to sleep, expecting a couple friends in the morning. And I woke up to 10,000 new friends. (laughs) 10,000 people had added me overnight, unintentionally. (laughs) And it reminded me of when I was 10 years old, and I freaked out. (laughs) I had no idea what to do, because inadvertently I had written a virus. And I guess all virus writers say this, because they're all idiots. I didn't realize that it would spread that fast. <laughs> Excuse me, we're all idiots. <laughs> and I didn't know what to do. Fox had just been, uh, I'm sorry, MySpace had just been purchased by Fox for $580 million. I was 19 years old and I was, I was living in an apartment in uh, Marina Del Rey, I had a roommate. I started a company, a tech company two years, two years prior. And I'm thinking, okay, what do I do? How do I stop this? I don't want this to, I didn't imagine this would spread so fast. And I didn't do a kill switch, unlike um, unlike some viruses. I thought, okay, maybe I can write another virus that'll go spread to everyone else, and then all at one time, they'll all delete itself. I thought, okay, I probably should write less, I shouldn't write a second virus in a 24 hour period. So what else should I do? So I emailed MySpace anonymously. I pretended to be somebody else, and I said, hey, I saw this weird thing on my profile. This guy named Sammy is on my profile. I don't know how it got there. There's this weird obfuscated compressed code because there were some filters so I had to compress everything down. And I'm not sure what it does, um, but I think it does this. Detailed explanation of exactly how it works. (laughs) And uh, this is uh, just a wild guess, but I think you can fix it. My detailed explanation of exactly how to resolve this. And I shot it off and I said, oh man, I hope, I hope they solve this. And that was probably 10 a.m. where I had about 10,000 friends. And then I called my girlfriend. I said, do you want to get lunch? She said, what's wrong? I said, what do you mean? I just want to get lunch with you. So we went to Chipotle. <laughs> it's really good. And I told her what happened. And uh, she thought it was funny. And I thought it was funny slash terrifying. And then I went back to the office. And I was just kind of stone cold like white. I had no idea what to do. I just, Didn't know what would happen, um, and I went back and I had 100,000 new friends. And again, I could do nothing about it. I couldn't delete, I tried deleting my profile, and they said, okay, we'll delete your profile in 24 hours. I tried, I could like, maybe I could change my picture or something. I didn't know what to do. Um, So I just worked, and then I went home. And by the time I went home, I had 900,000 new friends. I took a screenshot, this is a real screenshot. <laughs> and then I went to a million new friends. This is all within a 24-hour period. And at this point, I'm just thinking, what, what is the rate? Just, I pure curiosity, what is the rate of people getting added? Because A, they have to be logged in. You can't get it twice. Um, e- even though I had removed the code from my profile, it's a virus, it's like if you sneeze on someone, just because you're better, it doesn't mean they're better. So everyone else is still uh, contagious. So, at a million, a million ten, a million hundred thousand, and then it says, this profile's been taken down. I said, all right. They finally took down my profile, I'm so happy. They must have fixed, fixed the problem. So I went to someone else's profile to see what had happened. Like, does it still say Sammy's my hero? And said, this profile has been da- taken down. I said, what? Um, it, and people had documented sort of the, the, pro- the propagation rate of this worm, because I had been sort of documenting where it was going. And when I went to my friend's profile, I was like, oh no, they took down their profile. So then I went to myspace.com, and they said, the whole site is down. <laughs> Everyone here is working on it. And I felt terrible. It's like 9 p.m. in Los Angeles. And I know what it's like to have a system that is down. It sucks. It's a terrible feeling, and I would never want that. I would never put that, want to put that on someone else. And I did. So I felt really bad. I thought maybe I should get coffee and donuts and drive over there and be like, hey guys, can I help? You know. I can write some SQL for you. What do you want me to do? <laughs> um, so apparently, I had heard after the fact that MySpace took their servers down because it was propagating faster than they could delete, delete the worm from their database. So I didn't know what to do. I decided not to drive to MySpace. Uh, I just sat at home and I went to sleep. <laughs> I woke up the next day, just waiting for knocks at the door, no knocks at the door. A Couple days went by, a week goes by. And uh, I get an email from someone that said, hey, yeah, you, you know, we're an online blog. We'd like to talk to you about your virus, your worm. And I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Is your name Sammy? I was like, yeah, that was a common name. With one M? It was like, yeah, I'm kind of common. <laughs> Is this your photo on your MySpace profile? I was like, I mean, it looks, it's a good looking person. <laughs> uh, they said, did you know people are selling Sammy's My Hero t-shirts? I was like, I, I did not know that. I was like, okay, okay, so maybe it was me. Um, they said, you know, so has MySpace contacted you? And I said, no, I actually they, they haven't contacted me. Well, I got a million friend requests emails, but, and that took down my mail server, but otherwise, no, they haven't contacted me. They said, have the police contacted you? And I said, no, are, the, are they going to? They said, no, no, I'm sure they won't. Let us know when they do. I was like, oh no. <laughs> And another week went by, and two weeks went by, and a month goes by. Three months go by. At this point, I'm like, okay, I'm golden. Like, three months have gone by, I made a mistake, I prank gone wrong, I'm not doing that again. Six months go by, I'm now walking down to my car, my company is doing well, and I'm walking down to my brand new car, and there are two guys standing next to it. And I'm thinking, oh man, I'm getting carjacked. And I walk up, and two guys come up behind me, And they say my name, Sammy? And it's like, carjackers don't know your name. (laughs) And they say, Sammy? He's like, yeah? They say, "Uh, we have a search warrant. I was like, oh, okay. Um, And I said, you know, I, I watch a lot of 24. Anyone watch 24? Show me the search warrant. That's what they always say. So they said, show me the search warrant, which I didn't know if that's like real or CGI or... And after we talked, and uh, it was a couple groups that came. It was Electronics Crimes Task Force, uh, the Secret Service, the District Attorney of Los Angeles, and the California Highway Patrol. <laughs> Probably because of my sweet car. <laughs> and for the first time ever, something from the movie Hackers was real. People come to your home and bust down your door with guns. So there's a dozen agents in my place going through everything. They showed me the search warrant. I started reading it. It did mention MySpace. And I was somewhat relieved that it said MySpace and not other things. You know, you're a kid, you like, you wanna go on IRC with a .gov, ad, you know, address or host name. Um, and they started going through everything and they, then they took my computer, they took my CDs, my DVDs, my Xbox, my iPod, and then they left. I said, what? And they said, and I, as I was reading the search warrant, it also said the address of my office. And I was like, oh no, you guys are going to my office? And they said, oh, we're already there. Simultaneously another dozen agents at my office. And they asked the CEO, my co-founder, what, uh, what does Sammy Campcar have access to? He's like, oh, everything. They're like, all right guys, take everything. <laughs> and I don't know what he did. I wasn't there at the time. I was sitting at home just watching my, my life sort of walk away from my apartment, walk outside of my apartment. And he, uh, I don't know what he did, but he somehow convinced them that actually I was just an intern. I just brought coffee to, to engineers. <laughs> and they only took my computer and my VoIP phone. <laughs> And after that I said, so am I going to jail or what's going on here? He said, no, no, this is just a search warrant. We just take your stuff. I said, oh, okay. <laughs> and then they left. They walked out, walked out. So I called a lawyer and uh, I got a lawyer. I said, hey, you know, a bunch of people just sort of came and took my stuff. What do I do? I said, all right, let me, let's talk to them. And he talked to the Los Angeles District Attorney. What was interesting was it wasn't MySpace that came after me, it was actually the district attorney. So, this wasn't a civil case. This wasn't, you know, someone saying, hey, you, you know, you, can you cause this problem? Which I did, I absolutely did. Uh, and I regret that. But it was actually the California that was filing charges against me. And for another six months, I basically went back and forth with, Cal- with the state of California. And we came to a plea agreement. Now, I had no high school diploma. I had no real skills. I didn't live, I, I supported my mom, and I had to work, I had to make money. But I thought, oh man, I'm afraid of prison. So I came to an agreement with, with LA. Uh, and that was to accept a plea agreement. And that plea agreement said, no computer use or internet use for three years. I was 20 at this time. Some amount of restitution. I don't think we had Bitcoin back then, but. <laughs> Some amount of probation. And Caltrans, basically cleaning trash off the side of the road. And it wasn't that much, just 720 hours which felt like a lot more. And this was all due to the Patriot Act, uh, which I just thought was very interesting. And I agreed to that. And for three years, I had no computer use. Uh, It was also stated that I wasn't allowed to visit MySpace.com during that time, which I don't know how you would if you didn't have a computer, but maybe you could like dial up and whistle into into the phone or something. And after three years, I went back to the court, and I said, hey, you know, my probation officer, she calls me her client, her favorite client, she says I'm great. Um, and I said, can I get computer use again? And fortunately, my attorney was there and he helped and we got everything removed. So three years later, I was back to normal. I was allowed to touch a computer. I paid off all my fines. I'd completed my probation. I'd cleaned the side of the road. You're all welcome. <laughs> and I thought, wow. I went to the Apple store. I got a new, it was a PowerBook back then. I bought a PowerBook. And I opened it, I went to Slashdot, and I was like, all right, what now? And I thought, man, I'm still, I'm still a hacker. I still wanna like, break into things, but I don't wanna destroy things. I don't wanna, like, I don't wanna cause problems. I don't wanna take systems down. But there is something super exciting about breaking into something, or exploiting something. right? Because hacking is a puzzle. And we've all done puzzles of some sort, whether that be hacking, whether that be exploiting something, whether that be programming or coding or d- designing hardware, or whether it be a, p- a puzzle on a piece of paper. But hacking, to me, is like a puzzle where someone creates a maze, and they block off all the exits. And you're still able to win. You're still able to get to the other side. That's what hacking is like. Um, so that's really exciting. So when I got back to computers, I thought, okay, how can I look into stuff and you know, not go to jail? And I remember Amazon came out and said that they were gonna use drones to deliver stuff. And I thought, that's really cool. Like, drones are awesome. Um, Their costs are really low and they can do amazing things. I wonder how the security is. Let's take a look. So I started playing with the most ubiquitous consumer drone at the time, a parrot drone. Uh, I was also playing with 3D robotics drones. And these are awesome devices. These are very cool tools. And pretty quickly I found that there were some minor issues. So I developed an open source tool called Skyjack. And this was a little, you could take a Raspberry Pi computer, put my software on it, put it onto your own drone, fly your own drone around, and as it detects the wireless signals of other drones in the area, it wirelessly hijacks them and gives you full control of a swarm of drones around you. So you can just control all of these. So I think we have some, like, we have some updates that we need to do with drones. So I think these are awesome technology, but we need to focus on wow, the security. Like, what should we be doing with security? Um, are the protocols, are the wireless protocols secure? Is GPS secure? I mean, GPS, we use GPS every single day. And there's open source software and open source tools for less than a few hundred dollars in hardware that you can actually spoof GPS. That's happening today. It's been happening for years. Anyone can do it. Um, it's, kind of, it's terrifying, but it's also it's super fascinating. It's really interesting. I also became interested in privacy. You know, our information, are we, I don't think there's anything wrong with social networks. I love social networks, they're fun. But as we use different tools, as we're putting information out there, do we know what's actually going out there? MIT created a tool called GADAR where they could actually detect your sexuality based off information on Facebook, even if you didn't define your sexuality. I thought that was fascinating, just based off other information we're putting out there. There's a website called Please Rob Me. It's amazing. It looks at your Twitter, it looks at your Facebook, it looks at your Foursquare, it says Sammy Kamkar lives in LA, but he's actually in San Francisco right now. Go rob him. Because we put this information out there. And there's some terrifying things out there. This is Matt Honan, he's an editor at Wired. And one day, he was hacked, his Amazon account was hacked, which is not a big deal. Can't do much from there, maybe you can order some books. And the hackers went, went into his Amazon account and they went to the billing section and they saw his last four digits of his credit card number. Can't really do anything with that. So then they called Apple and said, hey, hey this is Matt Honan, uh, I can't get into my iCloud account, I forgot my password. I said, okay, well, you know, verify your identity, what's your address? So they went into Amazon and looked up his address, gave his address, what's your phone number? He's like, here's, here's our phone number. What's the last four digits of your credit card number? They divulged that from the Amazon account and said, oh, must be you, Matt Honan. Here you go. Hackers got access to his iCloud account. They immediately took over his email account, changed all of his passwords for his email, for his MacBook, for his iPad, for his iPhone. They deleted all of them, wiped all of his backups, went onto his Twitter, and started just doing racial profanities. Um, Just from four digits. right? Four digits. It's absolutely crazy. Who knows who this is? All right, you're running his antivirus, right? This is John McAfee of McAfee Antivirus. He sold McAfee many years ago and was living in Central America. And one day, he was wanted by the police in conjunction with, a, with his neighbor's murder. So he went on the lam with Vice. And Vice took a picture, and they would write about they are on the lam. Obviously, they wouldn't disclose where they were. But they forgot the EXIF information and the GPS information in the picture. Uploaded, within a minute, they were detected. He was caught three days later. I mean, constantly, information that we're putting out there in everything we do. Now, this technology is awesome. There's so many cool things that we're doing. For example, I love Google Maps. This is a Google Maps Street View car. It drives around and takes photos. And at some point, I realized when HTML5 geolocation came out within our browser, you can if you're on your laptop, it doesn't have a GPS chip. But if you go to Google Maps, you can hit that blue button, and it tells you exactly where you are. It tells you down to the physical address of where you are. How does it do that? Well, what it does is it actually takes the MAC addresses, the wireless router addresses, which are unique across all the routers around you. Encrypted or not, that MAC address is, is unencrypted. It takes that, it sends it to Google. Google then takes that information and gives you back a GPS coordinate. The way they know that is from Google Street View cars driving around, collecting not only pictures, but also the unique Wi-Fi MAC addresses. It's actually a very cool feature. So with this, I thought, oh, it'd be really cool if I just wrote a tool that would then exploit your router, grab your MAC address, send it to Google, Google will return with the GPS coordinates, so if you visit my website, I tell you where you are. And that was kind of cool. And I was talking about this, and I was demoing this in Slovakia, where Street View, Google Street View cars are illegal. Uh, it's not allowed there just due, due to privacy laws. And we tested it, and it still worked. It still knew exactly where we were. I thought, like, how are you gonna have a Street View car? Like, You would notice this thing driving down, down the road. How do they do that? I thought, okay, what else does Google have everywhere? It's Android. Android devices are actually constantly wirelessly detecting all of these wireless Mac addresses and then sending them up to Google. And also Apple. Now, they're taking this, and they're using it for very cool tools. I I love Google and Apple. I use their tools every single day. However, we should understand the information that we're sharing, and that's okay. It's okay to, to make an agreement that you're sharing this information. But it's cool to understand, like, How can this be used? I also learned that while this information is going up, while these phones are essentially constantly war driving and taking our our Mac addresses and locations and putting them together, they're actually doing something else that's really cool. They're creating live traffic view. So when you're actually driving and you look at a street to see the traffic, that's based off all of the phones around you, right? All the phones are actually saying how fast they're moving and uploading that. So I thought it'd be fun to share how this works. So I created a tool, and it's just an app, a simple app that you run on your phone. And it's like Google Maps, it's directions. You say, I'm here, and I'd like to drive over here to Los Angeles. And it'll show you the best, fastest route. It'll also send thousands and thousands of fake requests to Google saying, we're all random vehicles on the same route going zero miles per hour. So your route will turn red and black and diverge, divert everyone else to other routes. <laughs> That's how I got here so early this morning. <laughs> so there's constantly information that we're sharing and that's okay. I think we should, we should understand the information that we're sharing, but we, sh- we, just, we should just know, right? I, I believe in transparency and I love these, I love the, the tools, the utilities, the phones, the devices, all the awesome software that we use every single day from these companies. This is a quote that uh, I think is really cool. Um, in my experience, once data becomes invisible, something magical happens. They forget about security. This is from Major Malfunction, um, well-known uh, ethical hacker researcher, and he comes up with very cool attacks. Now, there's some really exciting attacks that I've just been—I'm fascinated with that have been coming out. I'd like to just share a few. It originally started with Tempest. This was in the '60s, where the NSA discovered that a CRT monitor in another room will, will give out radio emanations that from an adjacent room, you can then use an antenna and see exactly what's on that monitor. Started with Tempest and people have improved this or have created new attacks over time. At Defcon, a group was demonstrating that they could actually use a laser pointer, bounce it off of a laptop, a reflective surface of a laptop, use a photo sensor to look at the vibration of that light, of that laser pointer, and then see what the person is typing. Now, of course, you can't see what they're typing. All you can see is the mechanical vibration of the laptop screen. But because every key is in a unique location, it has a unique fingerprint. It has a unique vibration. So you can start to see patterns. You start to see something is hit every two to six characters that looks the same. That's space, the space bar. So you can start doing frequency, letter frequency analysis, and figure out after about 100 or 200 characters exactly what they're typing, assuming you know the language they're typing it in. Some really cool things, some, some so simple, like taking a FLIR camera. It's an infrared camera. It shows a thermal fingerprint of anything you take. So if you go behind someone after an ATM, or after they enter their ATM pin, you take a photo. And now you can see the last thing that was typed was five, four, three, two, one. It's absolutely amazing. People have done chip and pin fraud. <laughs> we don't even have pins here in the US, uh, which is kind of amazing. Um, but we have chips, and people have done such cool attacks with chips by placing them right in the middle. So there are actually, Researchers who discovered this possibility, and they wrote about this, and they wrote that you can actually perform a man-in-the-middle attack by placing one chip in between another one. So let's say you steal someone's credit card, and you're in Europe where they actually have pin codes. Then you can steal their credit card, then you can have your chip on top, and when you insert it and it says enter your pin code, you enter your pin code for your chip. And then when it performs the transaction, you just pass it through to the chip underneath, which is someone else's card, and don't require their pin. So people, ethical hackers, actually de- demonstrated this and talked about this years ago. You know, no, we didn't listen. We didn't listen, and it was years later that a criminal ring started abusing this. They they discovered another flaw that allowed them to do it even wider. Had their initial project been uh, initial issue been patched, there wouldn't be any issue. Um, I was interested in uh, finance myself recently, so I started doing. I started messing around with credit cards and trying to understand here in the US how mag stripes work. So I took a mag stripe and I didn't understand, what is a mag stripe? Is it actually magnetic because it has mag? I wasn't sure. So I got some black iron oxide filings and I took my credit card. So this is my credit card. I then dipped it inside and I found that the iron oxide actually stuck to the mag, magnetic stripe. So you can actually read the bits, the ones and zeros, off of my credit card here with the naked eye. It's very cool. So I started taking that information off of my credit card and figuring out what kind, of, what kind of information is on here. And I found my name. I found my credit card number. I found my expiration date. And I found some other stuff. I found this service code. So we all use credit cards now, and we all have chip now in the U.S. So now most places, some places you still swipe. Other places you typically will do a chip. However, we're backwards compatible. So if your card doesn't have a chip, it's, let's say it's a less secure, it's an older card, that's okay. Our point of sale system will still allow it. However, I discovered that the chip bit is actually in the magstripe stripe itself. So if you flip that bit from one to zero and say you don't have a chip, then you can use someone's stolen credit card number that you found online on your credit card. So I tested this by creating a device called MagSpoof. It's a simple device. It produces an electromagnetic force. So it pretends to be a magnetic credit card swiping in and out. It's not RFID, it's not NFC. It's literally creating magnetism and just changing polarity. And by doing this, I then inserted a chip card. I disabled the chip. I put on my own number, credit card number, and was able to purchase something. Um, it's absolutely amazing with just a little bit of technology, and that's a few components, a few dollars of components that you can do with some pretty crazy stuff. There's some amazing research from other people that is coming out. We have. Essentially, uh, uh, an iPhone with a microphone. And people have discovered that you can also just see what someone is typing by leaving a phone, an iPhone or Android, next to a computer, next to a keyboard, and doing similarly frequency analysis, but rather than a laser pointer bouncing off of your laptop, you can actually just listen. Because the audio is also unique. There's a unique fingerprint for everything you're typing. As you're actually moving your phone, there have been backdoors found in devices, in Android devices, for example, in apps that record how you move your phone. So that when your phone is in your hand and you hit your PIN number, you're actually moving your phone a certain way for each number, for each digit, for each character. And they can even discover what you're typing just by the way you're moving your hand. Because when you type A, you're going to move to the left, and you type Some other letter all the way on the other side of the keyboard, you're gonna type the other, you're, you're going to bend the other way. And using the IMU and accelerometer and gyroscope, you can actually discover that. Some absolutely fascinating stuff from the University of Tel Aviv, where they've actually taken an Android device and they set it next to a computer and they use the microphone to listen to ultrasound. Simultaneously, they encrypt an email on the laptop using PGP and RSA. Because RSA, uses a secret key that only that laptop knows. It then encrypts each byte of that email. And as it's encrypting bit by bit, it's performing different operations. And based off that operation, it will use more or less power. And based off that amount of power, the CPU is going to do more or less work. And based off that, it's gonna pull more or less power into the capacitors and resistors around the CPU, and it's gonna produce ultrasound that a human cannot hear, but every mobile device can. And then you can listen to the key and extract a full RSA key. By having a phone, a standard Android device, next to a laptop. It's absolutely incredible. This is happening today with low-cost tools that all of us have in our pockets. Uh, It's absolutely fascinating. Uh, It's crazy. Oh, my God, this is terrifying. (laughs) Have you seen this? (laughs) If you plug into the ground, that, that round socket at the bottom, you can then listen to emanations off the entire ground circuit of any other computer plugged in. So if there's a computer over there plugged into the same circuit, then you can actually listen to the keyboard. The keyboard will actually uh, produce sound that leaks onto the ground line all the way across the room into that ground circuit and you can now see what someone is typing. Even scarier, even scarier. Potato chips, oh my god. MIT put a bag of Lay's potato chips inside of a soundproof room, behind soundproof glass, and then took a standard DSLR camera, pointed it at the room, and then they recorded the video on the soundproof room. And just the minute vibration of air, right, sound is just vibration of air, that would then affect, go across the room, hit the bag of Lay's. The Lay's would bend just ever slightly, it would move just ever slightly. With the DSLR camera, you then took that video and you converted that frequency of change to a frequency of audio and then played it and you got the sound inside the room. From a bag of potato chips. You can do this today, you can go online. E-cigarettes are bad for you. I think we all know this, right? You're buying e-cigarettes online from eBay that come loaded, preloaded with, with malware, it's great. You plug it into your computer to charge and it emulates a USB keyboard and starts typing. This is a Mattel toy, it's called the IME. It's a very fun toy. Um, It's now discontinued, uh, but a few hackers have found that it has a really cool chip inside. It's a sub-gigahertz wireless transceiver. And I found that you can actually use it to do things like open garages. I found a vulnerability in most garages that essentially allows you to open any fixed-code garage in under 10 seconds. Because have you ever looked inside of a garage remote clicker, and it's 12 bits? What, 12 bits, that's 4,096 possibilities. If you have a two-letter password on a website, two letters, that's 5,000 possibilities. A two-letter password is more secure than most garages. It's absolutely, it's crazy. And we have so many new technologies, so many awesome technologies, right? I love technology. I love using this stuff. We just need to be wary of, as we're building new, stuff, new things, we need to be cognizant of security. We need to be open to other people who can, who can poke and prod at our security and give them the chance to share, to share the actual issues. Now, I don't want to leave you scared. There is a solution. And I actually found a product that will work wonders for you. (laughs) Tinfoil. Enough tinfoil and you'll be protected from almost anything. But if you don't want to wear a tinfoil hat, then you do have to accept hackers and accept security. And spend a little more time, I hope to see more people researching new things, finding new vulnerabilities and sharing that, sharing that in a positive way so that we can secure our systems. And I, I really look forward to, to seeing some more work from from all of you. So, thank you so much.
0: Yeah, so yeah, uh, you know, uh, Sammy Kamkar, you know, very, very uh, smart guy and I, I really enjoyed his, uh, his keynote uh, speaking uh, uh, you know a while back on that uh particular issue and so yeah it was really what, cool to hear uh his take on it yeah yeah very very talented individual. And for more on him uh we will provide um you absolutely nothing you'll just have to remember the name we just told you <laughs> other than that uh folks i think that's it i'm gonna get out of here uh you know hey dude listen hey i went surfing today oh yeah i did how was it it was great, was it? It, it really was. There cool. was no pain, no pain, no oh, yeah. no, no nothing, man. I, you know, I got the uh, I got I waxed up the board, threw some sand on it, man. Jumped in and jumped in, and uh, you know I, I was I was holding it up. I was holding it up really good. Right, on. no tubes or anything, but I was definitely holding it up and uh-huh. holding myself up with my old self. But well, yeah. that's good. Hey, you know I've I yeah got the wetsuit and everything, man. I I, I Jesus. I look, uh, anyhow, I think that's going to kind of do it uh, for me. Anything you want to pop out there? Uh, no, yeah. I no real messages yeah. or agendas or anything, though. No. Yeah. Uh, you know, hey, uh, actually, we had um, reached out to uh, Stephanie the other day and had her fix the contact uh, portion on the website. You see that? Yeah, it looks we nice. We got rid of the iframe. Oh, wow. And we have a PGP key. Wow! Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that is really nice. You can actually you can actually email us now. Yeah, securely, securely. Well, we but previously we had like a, a, an iframe on the website and it sucked, right? And so it just really sucked. And so now we have email addresses. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I, I like I like the reminder there. Oh, uh, <laughs> it's cute. Oh, uh, yeah. We we have a reminder for people sending us emails. Yeah. So. Um, uh, so that's going to kind of do it, folks. Uh, you can check me out on Twitter, where I very rarely say anything, but I have been spe- I have been tweeting on my own personal account. Oh, well, well, that's I good. Like that, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, when I did want to bring up something, you know, oh. I was asked. <laughs> I wasn't asked personally, but I I saw someone ask: Are there any? Who are your female heroes? Do you have any? Do you have any female heroes? Do I have
2: any female heroes? Do you have any female heroes? Um other than I, my mother, I mean, I
0: I can't really say that I do in specific I tell you what you know you can stop right there because if you list your mom as your first hero man you're winning right there
2: oh, well yeah i mean you my know? mom is <laughs> definitely my the female hero in my life i mean other than her i can't really say that i have any specific
0: heroes i tell you what there's there's women heroes everywhere on this planet man and um I'm never ashamed to admit it. I, I missed out on you know. Listen, I I was just it was I was working the other day and someone asked me on my personal or asked out on Twitter and on from my personal account. I, I listed about 13 women who are my heroes, man. And there's a lot of there's a lot of people that I I that i didn't forget but i just i was busy you know there's there's a lot of people out there a lot of a lot more women out there that are absolute heroes and so uh you know who you are if i'm talking to you you're already a hero to me and so let's get out of here man uh you know it's uh it's been a long day usually it's the middle of the night when we do this thing and so Uh, we're going to go ahead and get out of here. Folks, thank you for tuning into the show. Check us out on the uh, check us out on the, on the the web at hackers.xxx and uh, you can hit the contact link and check out our, our very new contact page. It's been updated and redesigned and so I'm sure you'll enjoy that as well. Uh, until show number 141 next week folks take care of yourself and we'll talk to you later. I love you all very much. I really do. I love you guys. Talk to you later. Bye.
1: Nothing feels, Nothing feels better than Nothing feels better. Not. this like, Nothing feels better than feels better than this feels feels better feels better than it feels better than it feels it feels better than feels better than this You say we're feels better than I swear when nobody's around